0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Hillfields Church podcast, where we talk about Jesus, how much we love him, and what he's doing in our church. Here's this week's message. We pray it blesses you, but most importantly, that it changes you. Check it out. Turn to the person next to you and just say, Did you forget? Did you forget? Did you forget? Did you forget? Someone's like, oh no, was it your birthday? Oh no, what's What's going on? Did you forget? Matthew 15, 29 to 35. Jesus departed from there and skirted the Sea of Galilee. And he went up on the mountain and he sat down there. Then great multitudes came to him, having with them the lame, blind, mute, maimed, and others, and many others, and laid them down at Jesus' feet. And he healed them. So the multitude marveled. When they saw the mute speaking and the main made whole and the lame walking and the blind seeing and they glorified the God of Israel. When people start hearing about what Jesus can do, they're going to show up. When people see the power of God, they're going to seek out Jesus. See, Jesus, it says he's skirted. You know, like I always think about it like this. He's on the boat, but it's like, he's like going around the Sea of Galilee like this, trying not to be seen. He's skirting around. He's just, he's always trying to spend time with the Lord. He's always trying to find space. Sometimes he's like, and he then, people follow him. Why? Because of what he can do for them. Because they know the power that he has to change their situation, to change their lives. They seek him out even when he's not trying to be found. Even when he's not, even when he's not um, right out there, stood on, on top of a, in a temple and preaching, they're seeking him out. Where's Jesus at right in the moment? Where is he? And they might get like a little secret note from someone that says, oh, he's going to be at this place at this time. And then they, they're all there. They're taking the people with them, their friends, their families, people that are sick, hurting, in pain, and they're bringing them to Jesus because of what he can do. So if Jesus is able to do this, who believes that, Jesus can um, allow the mute to speak today, not just in the book, but today, yeah? Or the maim made whole and walking, the lame walking, the blind seeing. Do we believe that that Jesus can do that today, that the power of God can come and meet people in that way and transform them? So why are people going to eye hospitals more than the church? Why are people going to hospitals more than the church? Why are people in wheelchairs? Why are people suffering in certain ways? Why, why, they, why are they not queuing up on a Sunday? Why is there a long waiting list for all these things to get medical help? And I'm not saying any of those things. I've been in hospital. I have grew up needing medicine. I'm not knocking any of that stuff. But Jesus is still the answer to me. So he should at least be an option on the table. But people don't even give that as an option. People would rather die. I've seen it. I see people get so sick that they're dying. And, you're, and, I, and I, say it, I say it on the group all the time. We have a, 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 a chat group, and they're like, oh, they're suffering. They're in pain. They're dying. They're sick. And I say, do they want us to go and pray? Oh, I'll, I'll check. No. Oh, they'd rather die than give Jesus a chance. Isn't that crazy? But the, reason, the part of that reason is, is because they've not seen it. There's a challenge in this for us. How do people see you? More importantly, do people see Jesus through you? Do people receive Jesus through you, How do we speak? How do we treat people? What's your social media like? Maybe I should have a look now, shall we? How much of it proclaims Christ and his victory? How many of us are inviting people even here today? Or are we more interested in what we ate at Nando's yesterday? And we post that, or oh, I don't have any problems with that but letting people know that I follow Jesus. Or maybe it's because some of the videos or pictures you might be putting on social media don't give glory to God at all. So it's better to downplay, Uh, if I don't make myself too known as a Christian, then I can still get away with these things. This is a challenge for us all. I believe this is what God has been doing through revivals. That we would be a people that would stand up and be counted. There is, there is a world that is dying. More importantly, our nation is dying. I don't mean that it's dying. I mean, it is dying. People are dying every day. Um, I think Vinny told me something about something that's going on with a certain drug at the moment going around Bristol. It's killing three people a day. So people are dying without Jesus today. Right now. Maybe even right now. But people are physically dying. But more importantly, people are spiritually dying. People are spiritually dead. And we hold the answer. We have the truth. There's not one person I can't look at in this room and know that God has done a work in you. Not one. Look at every single one of you and I know God has done a work in you. I know he's transformed you by supernatural power. Amen? Amen. Like, not, it's, not just, it's not just a religious thing. It's not just, oh, sign up to this club we call it Jesus Club. You get a membership card and you can have like a, a free cup of tea at our membership club and someone make you a cake. And, um, what's that? Merchandise. Merchandise. Yeah. Yeah, we got paid for that. Um <laughs> not get that for free. Um, <laughs> but it's not a club. It's a relationship. But that relationship isn't even just the level of the relationships that we understand. It's a supernatural relationship. That something comes into us and changes us. The Holy Spirit transforms us. We're not the same again. The desires that we once had just are going or or gone. I don't want to pick on you, Kathy. I won't look at you. But Kathy's testimony on on our messenger group this week, just sharing about where she was, but how God has set her free. That's what the power of God does. Because we can't do it ourselves. We try, don't we? There's not one of us that wants to give up something, get fitter, lose weight, stop drinking, whatever it might be. And we're like, Monday morning, I'm going again. I'm back at the gym. I'm not going to hide the bottles. But you know where you hid them. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? We try it in our own strength. But with God, sometimes we don't even have to try that much. Suddenly we're just like, what's happening to me? Things are shifting in me. My desires that were leading me in down a dark path and since coming to Jesus are just not leading me anymore. I don't want that anymore. And even when I still choose it, I just don't feel the same in it anymore. This is what supernatural power does. That's why he's moved in. This is what it means that when we receive Christ into our lives, God moves into the neighborhood. He moves into your life. It's, can you imagine God, Jesus, just moving into your street? How transformed that would be how different it would be. It's the same in our lives. It's Jesus moving in and, and there's something's changed. And you might not have given him every access to every part of every bedroom or every room or every, you might have that locked box. You, but as we go on with God, we give him more and more access and it just becomes more Jesus and less of us and less of all the other stuff. We are wrestling against spirit and flesh. So my challenge to you is how do people see Jesus through you? Do people see Jesus through you? And if they are not, what are you going to do about it? Because when Jesus was doing what he was doing, even if he was trying to skirt around the edges, even if he was just trying to be like, I just need some space, they would still find him. Even if the church isn't being loud and proclamating and say, here's the church, come to the church. They're going to find out about Jesus still, and they're going to get here and they're going to receive whatever it is that they've come with sickness, salvation. They'll receive healing. They'll be transformed because they heard that Jesus is still alive and that Jesus is still doing these things. And sometimes it's not really about how good a church is at marketing. It's about how good its people are of showing who Jesus is. And that's you. What conversations do people have with you? Do you talk more about, oh, I was at the gym, I'm a gym nut. Yeah, let me tell you all about my gym stuff. I'm not knocking anyone that goes to the gym, but it just makes me feel better about myself. Okay, so, <laughs> so um, but we could talk about that as if it's our religion. How much do you bench press? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't even know. Do you know what? Bless you. Because at least you know what that means. I don't even know what that means. Is that good? Is it bad? I don't know. (laughs) I'm like, what? Okay, we'll go with that. I don't know. I'm going to use that. (laughs) You get me there. I'm there with a donut. Or we can talk passionately about things. And and there's nothing wrong with talking passionately about your children or your job. But is that really everyone, is that how they know you? Because they should know you by Jesus being in you. Does your Facebook show everything you ate for dinner this week? But not actually what Jesus has done in your life. Again, it's not nothing wrong with showing what you ate for dinner. Sometimes we want to show off that pic. Check out this Big Mac meal. It's looking good. Yeah? They've really done it. You know, actually, this one looks like the picture. Has anyone noticed the McDonald's pictures do not look like the thing that we arrives when you get it? (laughs) So every now and then you might get one of those moments. You want to capture the moments. You want to... But what moments are we capturing? This world needs Jesus. And so when we look at this story, and when we look at this and what's going on here, they came to Jesus. And then what happened? Jesus did it. Then what happened? They marveled. They marveled at what God had done. Put your hand up if you've given your life to Jesus in the last year. (laughs) Amazing. Just think about what God has done in that time. Just think about what you didn't know and now you do know. Can you imagine? Praise God for the people who invited you or say, come along, or whatever it was, or told you about Jesus. Because once you get that, once you receive that, you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this even existed. And that's been the problem. People haven't even known that the power of God exists. They haven't known that he's even there. They haven't known that there was another option against the other things that were, were, were on offer. The world has got a lot of things on offer. You know, there's a saying, isn't there, without God, everything's possible. We can do what we want. And that's the shame. That's the problem with the world today, is that there is no barriers anymore. There's no restrictions. There's no guidelines. There's no there's no no areas to just say let's just stay within this. There's no morals anymore. Everyone's just like, oh, I I started started on something when I was re- young, too young, but by the time they're in their twenties, they're on maybe hardcore drugs. They're they're, they're sleeping with X amount of people. They're trying to find love, but they can't find love. They're, they're broken because that's all that's been on offer. It's just this, this, just lose a bit more of your soul. Lose a bit more of your soul. Lose a bit more of your soul. But all that's happening is someone's just keeps seeking to say, I'm trying to get fulfilled. I'm trying to get fulfilled. I'm trying to get fulfilled. I tried that thing. It didn't work. Let's try this thing. Oh, this, that, that's not the latest thing. This is the latest thing. Maybe this will do it. That's the, That guy didn't do it for me, but maybe this guy can, or, or that girl, or, or whatever it might be. This is the way the world is. And Jesus isn't even on the table. And he's the only one that satisfies. He's the only one that makes us whole. He's the only one that completes us. So my challenge, your challenge, how are people seeing Jesus through you? Maybe reconsider what you're posting on Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is. Instabook. Whatever you use. Twitter face. <laughs> I'm a dad, I get away with dad jokes. I'm sorry. And maybe if you're struggling with this, maybe you're wrestling with these things and you're like, I don't want that to be my life, but I'm just wrestling with it. We're going to make space to pray later. Verse 32. Now Jesus called his disciples to himself and he said, I have compassion on the multitude because they have now continued with me three days and have nothing to eat. And I do not want to send them away hungry lest they faint on the way. This is just a little glimpse of the character of your God. Jesus is not just about the miracles. Jesus is not just about salvation. He's not just about seeing people coming into his kingdom. When you're in his kingdom, when the miracles have happened, the miracle of salvation has happened, the miracle that maybe God transformed in your life, whether it was um, being healed of abuse or sickness or, or something that led you to just be like, wow, Jesus is there. I'm receiving him. Those miracles is not where it stops. Jesus doesn't stop there. He doesn't say, oh, well, now you've had, I've diagnosed you, I've prescribed you with this thing and you go away and I'll see you in heaven. For the guys, uh, for Elise, who's obviously ran away somewhere, I don't know. For Elise who's got baptized today, she, it, doesn't start, it doesn't finish here. Jesus hasn't just done the miracle and that's it. He doesn't just say, come back and see me in eternity. This is what Jesus actually does. He cares about you. He cares about your provision. He cares about your welfare. He cares about what you're struggling with. He cares about everything. This is Jesus. It's great that we get to see some of the miracles, yeah? It's great that we're part of all these things that we're seeing God do. But that's not. That's just part of who Jesus is. That's just part of what he does. But ultimately, what he really does is take care of us. He cares for us. It says even now he's interceding for us, praying for us. He's standing in the gap for us. In these moments, he's like, don't send them away. They need feeding. Not just the word, yeah? They need feeding right now. They need taking care of. It was their wealth there. This is how Jesus looks at you. He cares about you. He cares about all of you. He cares about everything that's within it, not just the bits, not just the moments. He's not just, it's not just about, oh, I I go to church and I'm looking good. God cares about when you're in pain. He cares about your grief. He cares about you when you're struggling. He cares about you even when you are disobeying him. He cares about you. He loves you. He doesn't just... Say, sorry, I only work within the miracles. Come to the miracles, and you've got to be squeaky clean to get the miracles too. That's the other thing. You've got to be really clean. You've got to go through the Jesus car wash first, you know? It's not how it works with Jesus. You come as you are. Jesus, Job said it last week. I love it. You come as you are, but he won't leave you as you are. But this is just the character. So if you're here and you're thinking, but... I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and my Savior, which is amazing. This is where it just begins. This is the start. This is how you build a relationship. You build a relationship with him, and you do it knowing that he cares. He cares. He cares about your welfare, your health, your mental state. He cares about what you're going through. Just know that about Jesus. Jesus just know that about Jesus. You might be sat there thinking, oh, everyone's worshipping God. They're all just perfect. Look at the way they put their hand up at a 90 degree angle. It's just perfect. I I can't do that, Lord. Everyone just does it all in sync as well. It's just perfect. You come as you are, and he cares where you are. And sometimes he cares so much, he doesn't want you to stay where you are. Verse 33. Then his disciples said to him, Where can we get enough bread in the wilderness to fill such a great multitude? multitude?' And Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven and a few little fish. So I thought about this, right, this story. This is the story of the feeding of the 4,000. Now, this area is a Gentile area. The people that didn't, they weren't, the non-Jewish area, basically. People that weren't weren't included, I guess. But the previous story, you know, the one that everyone hears about, the headline story, the feeding of the 5,000. The feeding of the 4,000 didn't make it into the headlines, you know, because it's a bit lower. But the feeding of the 5,000, you know, that's the one everyone knows. That was in the land of Galilee. But what's amazing is there's not too much gap between these two events. You know, it doesn't really show massively, but it can't be more than a couple of weeks. It's not, it's not, there's not a lot of time between the two. So you can do this because you've got your Bible. You can just go back to Matthew 14, just like literally a page just back and um, verse 16 and it says Jesus replied this is the feeding of the 5,000 they do not need to go away you give them something to eat we have only five loaves and two fish they answered bring them here to me he said and he directed the people to sit down on the ground on the grass taking five loaves and two fish looking up to heaven he gave thanks and he broke the loaves and he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. So literally, let's just be kind to them, a few weeks before, Jesus fed 5,000 men plus women and children. Some people believe that that could be upward of, like in the teens, of how many people were actually there. Now they're in a different crowd, it's a different region, and this time it's 4,000 people plus men plus women and children. And he says to the disciples, let's feed the people. And their response is not, hmm, this seems familiar. Turn to person next say, did you forget? <laughs> They're like, Jesus, we're in the wilderness. There is no Tesco Express we can find. And even if we did, I haven't brought my club card, so it's going to be extortionate. There's not enough. There's no bread that we can find in this place to feed all these people. So Jesus gives them another chance to just jog their memory. He goes, "Um, how many loaves do we have? And they're like, "Uh, actually, we've got seven and a few fish, which is more than two. Yeah, so it's more than two. And they've actually got a couple more loaves more than they had when they fed more people. Jesus, we've only got seven loaves and a few fish. I know it's disappointing if we only had more. And then he's like, "Give it to me." He's probably like, "Give it to me now." <laughs> so they pass it to him, and he's probably looking at him, going, "Still nothing? Ringing any bells?" And then he breaks the bread. Still nothing. Peter, seriously, come on. You're always jumping in with something. And still nothing. Jesus is probably like, Father, are you serious? Is this the 12 that you wanted? Are you sure? These are the ones that are going to carry the light off from God. You, you're seriously telling me that I've got to ascend to heaven and watch them as I ascend and go, this is where all my hope is going. I died on the cross for these guys, and I'm hoping that they're going to be all right, and they can't even remember. Did they forget? God told me to tell you today, do not forget. Do not forget. Do not forget what God has already done. Some people here are moaning about the things you have in your life right now. You're looking at what you don't have, but you are forgetting what God has already done. Some of you, and I'm not judging, I'm not making eye contact with anyone, I don't even know. But some of you are in the very thing that you prayed for. And you're moaning about it. <laughs> Don't look at him, ladies. You prayed for him. What are you looking at what are you doing? Okay. With his judgmental eyes. Okay. <laughs> Just take a moment right now. Think. See, has anyone... People, who's married? Or, or with somebody? Yep. Okay. Do you remember what it was like when you weren't? Were you lonely? Yeah? And you were praying, Lord, give me someone that was compatible with me, someone that can handle me. <laughs> Lord. And God has said, it's just easier to create another universe, to be honest. Yeah? And we're praying, God, I don't want to be alone. I-, I remember when I was younger, like really young, I a teenager, I don't know if boys are meant to admit this stuff, but, you know, I'm not a boy anymore. I guess I'm all right. Okay, but, but actually as you're growing up, you're just thinking, God, am I ever going to find someone? Am I ever going to be with anyone? You know, like, who's ever going to want to be with you, you know? So do you remember when you were there? And now you've got this thing next to you? <laughs> yeah? And you're like, oh, <sighs> the way they wound me up this morning, and. Just take a moment. Are you not blessed? Are you not blessed? Take a moment. Where were you two years ago? Where were you five years ago? Where were you 10 years ago? Where were you 20 years ago? Where were you 40 years ago? Where were you? Think about it. Just for some, it might be more sooner than others because some are older than young others. So that's why I had to keep going. Where were you 80 years ago? You know? <laughs> Trying to cover everybody. What pit were you in? There are some people here, you were so addicted to drugs or drink that you probably were moments away from dying. Death. Where are you now? Where are you now? Did you forget? Did you forget? Think about where you are now compared to where you were. Think about what Jesus has already done. We might not be and have everything that we want right now. It might not all be clicking together and if I'm going to be honest with you and I'm really sorry, it won't ever. I've got to be honest, it's never going to be perfect. It's going to be it's going to be crooked and it's going to be wonky and it's going to have kinks in it. And I'm not just talking about your spouse, okay? I, I mean, like, it's, 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 it's going to be like, life is not going to be just smooth and, oh, oh, I've arrived. It's just perfect. The kids are just perfect. The teenager is perfect. My job is Perfect. You might be in a job that you love, but that doesn't mean it's great. It doesn't mean that it's always like, oh, blessings after blessings. I'm not talking from my experience. You guys are beautiful. Okay, but what I'm saying is you can be in things that you love, but that doesn't mean it's just perfect, does it? And we could sit there and say, well, God, to be honest, I'm in this job, and I really do love it. But there's a few things like, like Albert that works over there. Oh, Lord, he's not perfect. Could you shift him, please? then I'll worship you more on a Sunday. <laughs> Almighty God. Yeah, we, these things exist. There will always be these things. If your name's Albert, it was not, that was not, I wasn't being discrimination. It was just, the Lord gave me that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to, I just want to encourage you that life's never going to be just smooth. It's always going to have moments. You can have times when you've got some money and you are be like, oh, we're blessed. There'll be times we're like, we spent all the money, we're not blessed anymore. It's just life. It's, it's what happens. It's not, oh God, God will be it will be good. God when when, when this my bank account is full. My, I'm slimmer. Have you heard that one with that prayer? Oh Lord, fill my bank account, make my bank account fatter and my body slimmer. Don't do what, don't get it the wrong way around like you did last year. Yeah. <laughs> do not forget do not forget, do not forget where you were because the enemy just wants to keep reminding you of where you're not and sometimes we do, sometimes definitely other people will oh I've seen you, I've seen you, you call yourself a Christian but but you're thinking actually yeah I'm still a bit rough around the edges there's a few things not quite working out but I'm definitely not where I was and the enemy wants you to forget what God has done by just showing you where you're not what you haven't got we're always going to be in these places church we're always going to have things what we don't have we're always going to be wanting for things we're always going to be lacking for things that's not going to change but that doesn't mean that we're not whole it doesn't mean that God hasn't done the work it doesn't mean that we're not in the kingdom of God in victory so where were you two years ago where were you six months ago maybe where were you 40 years ago Praise God, you're not there anymore. And sometimes we forget. Sometimes we forget, just like the disciples. And we can laugh at the disciples, but sometimes we can forget that quickly too. Because it doesn't meet our remit now. God could have blessed your socks off, yeah? He could have done something so incredible, so life-changing. And you're like, oh, I've seen it so many times. I prayed for somebody once, right? Well, I prayed for a few people, but I prayed for somebody and they were and I was and um, God moved. He moved on it. It was incredible. Like literally instantly. And I said, Oh, praise God. Look what God has done. And they went, Yeah, but I don't have this thing. I think it was to do with like the immigration or something crazy. It was like they've been waiting to get like of, you know, to, get, to get accepted into the country and it was seemed impossible and, and they might be sent back somewhere else and, and God answered and they went but I don't have a wife I'm like but you're not dead you're not in front of a firing squad right now are you my like, gosh seriously I was like Jesus this is what you've got to deal with it's crazy but that's that's what we're all like God can literally save your life. And you're then going, but I just, I just don't have a job. I was like, but he's, he's literally set you free. He's. I don't have a wife. I don't have a... One step at a time, guys. Oh, God, just take it a step at a time. It's coming, Joab. It is coming. <laughs> <coughs> oh. Claim it. Amen. Amen. Okay. Now, this is really important. We're all going to face some stuff, an impossible task. A situation that seems overwhelming, like trying to feed 4,000 people plus their wives and children with just a few, th- few things. It seems impossible. But if you really know what God's actually already given you and what is actually in your hands, you already have the tools to deal with what is impossible. You already have in your hands what you need. And the disciples Didn't realize that. What have you got there? Seven fish. A few loaves. Oh, seven. They might have had seven fish. Seven loaves and a few fish. That was enough. And sometimes we're so focused on what is daunting and overwhelming and impossible. It's too big of a mountain. It's too hard to press through can't see beyond it. How am I ever going to do it, God? How are we ever going to make it? How is it even going to? I just feel so ill-equipped. God's like I've already given it to you. It's in your hands. And church, what you need to face down the things that are going to come at you in life. Can I just say this as well? Not everything, yeah, that is negative is satanic or the devil. You can rebuke it all you like. And Satan's like, I'm not even involved in this one. He's just laughing at you. (laughs) I'm getting glory for stuff I didn't even do. Hey, (laughs) I rebuke you. The truth is, the truth is, is life can hit hard because life exists for everybody, whether you're in Christ or not. Now, Satan will use it but not everything is Satan. It's just life. That person that cut you up on the road, they're not They're going, I worship Satan. Oh, there's a Christian behind me. Yeah? <laughs> they're not being led by the enemy. They're just, they're just a bad driver. They exist. Maybe some of them exist in this room. <laughs> Don't look at them. <laughs> Not everything that is not right or not going well is the enemy. Don't give him too much credit. But we can face things that are just tough, overwhelming, impossible, difficult. But God is saying, I've already given you the tools. The same power that raised Jesus from the grave, yeah? Yeah? This is scripture. This isn't me. It lives in you. What more do you need? This is resurrection power. You're facing a dead situation right now. You're facing something that seems impossible. You're facing something that you think you can't overcome. Well, the same power that raised Jesus out of the grave lives in you. You already have the tools, you already have what you need to overcome. You already have what you need to get through the day. You already have what you need. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. That means it's enough. It's, it's going to get you through. My mercies are new every day, every morning. He's given you everything you need to make it through, to make it beyond, to overcome, to break through. And, and we miss it because we're so focused on how big the issue is. That we miss that we're actually holding seven loaves and a few fish in our hands, which is actually more than what Jesus used last time to do what he wanted to do in your life, yeah? So you're there going, Oh God, I don't know if, I don't know, it's too big, it's too big. And he's, and he's saying, What are you holding? And he's like, I got seven loaves and a few fish. And he's like, Can you not see? Can you not see? You actually are more equipped to deal with something that's actually less. ...than what you've already been through. Shall I say that again? I don't think that registered. He's given you more to deal with something that's actually less... ...than something that you've already been through. 5,000 people plus women and children were fed with five loaves and two fish. Now they've got less people and more stuff. And why have they got more stuff? Because when we go through stuff... God equips us with more. Did you forget? Did you forget? Verse 35. So he commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves and the fish and he gave thanks, broke them, gave them to his disciples and the disciples gave to the multitude. So they all ate and were filled and they took up seven large baskets full of fragments that were left. Now those who ate were 4,000 men besides women and children and he sent away the multitude to go, go into the boat and he came to the region of Magdala. The final lesson for today, children. The final lesson for today is that Jesus did a similar thing, but it wasn't identical. And when you see God bless you and you see God move in your life in a certain way, do you know what we do? And we all do this. So if you think, oh my gosh, he's saying about me, I'm saying about everybody. We turn that blessing into an idol. And then we say to God, oh, you did it this way, Lord. So I'm waiting for you to do it exactly the same way. I think that if God said, how many loaves do you have in your hands? And he went, we've got five loaves and two fishes. They'd be like, ooh. But because it wasn't the same, they were like, oh, this won't work, Lord, because last time you did it was 5,000 and this time we've got more than we need. and So I just don't see how you're going to work this one, to be honest, Jesus. We're laughing because we're laughing at ourselves. This is what we do. Oh, Lord, it has to be, because if you did it that way, you've got to do it the same way, surely. And God doesn't do that, guys. He shows us. This is what Jesus shows us. You look at all the miracles he ever did. You look at the, the that's why I think the, the 5,000 is one of the only miracles, if not the only miracle that all five record, all four all or four, five, all four gospels record. The 4,000 isn't in, in all of them. But I think it's in there just to show us he did it again. But when you analyze it, oh, he did it a little bit different, in a different area. Because that's the other thing. Oh, um, Lord, we've got to go back to the same place where you fed the 5,000. There's 4,000 people here, but we've got to get them all on the boats. And let's head back to Galilee and get them in the same place, in the same place. And we need to also recruit another 1,000 people somehow. Because it has to be 5,000. You know, whoever was 5,001, they got there. The man, you know, he got there. He was like, hi, sorry, you can't come in. has to be exactly 5,000. This is what we do. Can you just repeat to me these words? If he did it before, he can do it again. But if I want to see it, I must accept it won't look identical to what it did before. Do you believe it? God's going to work the miracles. He will do great things. He will shift things. You may even read books. You may even read the Bible. Crazy to think that you might read the Bible. But you may read the Bible, okay? But you may read books and you may see people get blessings and God move through their lives and use them. And you may be like, oh, Lord. Right. I'm going to ring them up. I'm going to email them, find out what clothes they were wearing. I'm going to wear the same stuff. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to go through the same process. Well, that's just ridiculous because... That's their story. God's got a story for you. And it won't look the same. And even if he does something in the past and you're facing a similar situation, don't wait around for it all to just fall into place like it did before. Just know that if God did it before, he'll do it again. And that you can just look at what you've got. Oh, actually, I've got more than I had before. So why am I assuming God can't do it? It doesn't even make sense with maths, does it? Surely, if he got more and it's less, then he can definitely do it. But it's our religion, our traditions, our ways of thinking that stop God from doing something because it doesn't look the same. Did you forget? Jesus tried his hard, hardest to jog their memories, I believe. He's trying his best. Come on, guys. Work with me here. Work with me here. Come on. But because it wasn't perfectly the same, because it didn't, wasn't identical to what had happened before, they missed it. And God is saying to us that we miss what God is doing right in front of us because we're waiting for him to do it the same way he did it before. And he's not going to do that. It might look similar. It might have traits that look similar. But he'll do it in different ways, through different means, maybe different people. God says you are missing miracles that he wants to do in your life or even through your life because you're waiting for him to do it the same way he did it before. This is a message for our church. Numbers are going to change. Change. Numbers are going to change. And we've seen God do some amazing things to date, yeah? Amazing things. But he's going to do more amazing things. And we're going to see even more lives changed and transformed. And numbers are going to change. Are we willing to change with it? Or are we just going to keep sitting there going, I just really love the blessing of like, what it looked like in 2023? <laughs> And I want to keep it and hold it tight and never let it go. And God is saying, No, let it go. Let it go. Because I've got more. I'll do more. And what's really important about feeding these 4,000 is originally, it didn't seem that these 4,000 plus women and children were actually part of God's plan. And Jesus was showing something different. He was feeding people that didn't and shouldn't and were excluded from society and from the plan and these people are representations of us today this is the Jesus we follow he feeds us he heals us he makes us whole The disciples missed what was in front of them because they were looking for it to fit into their plan, into their expectations, into their understanding. But the Bible says, do not lean on your own understanding. I'm not sure if there's anyone here today that doesn't know Jesus. I'm not sure if there's anyone watching online that doesn't know Jesus. And maybe maybe there is. But if you're waiting for God to fit into your plan, it never happens. You need to just allow him to just come and meet with you and change you. Stop looking for it to be perfect. Stop trying to be perfect. That's another thing. Oh, I've got to get cleaner. Well, how have you been getting on with getting cleaner all by yourself? I think we get worse. That's what happens when we try and clean ourselves up. Only he can clean us up. can't do it our way.